Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm joined, of course, by Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion. Soon to, I mean, soon to be Ring of Famer. Honestly, if we if we're being yeah. real, Hall of Famer potential, Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. Chris, my boy, how are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be back. And I know we got a lot of news going on in training camp and we got a lot to dive into. Yeah, well, more unfortunate news out of Denver Broncos training camp mm. as Jerry Judy got carted off the field yesterday mm. with an apparent hamstring injury. There's no word on what the hamstring injury is. He's getting an MRI, uh, hopefully today mm -hmm. or tomorrow. Uh, but initial reports say Judy is going to miss several weeks. Uh, Chris, this just another injury, man. It, it's another injury. First yeah. we had Tim and then we get uh, Brandon Johnson's, you know, gets hurt. Jalen Virgil gets hurt. Kendall Hinton gets hurt. Are the Broncos wide receivers cursed? Is this a, is this like a is this Man. a cursed position? Man, it's, it's looking like that right now. You know, everybody's dropping like flies. But uh, Judy's injury is definitely a major concern because you uh, we we can't afford to start slow mm -mm. into the season, and uh, we definitely needed. You know, the first game is a rival game, and it's plus two. Yeah, you know, so we needed definitely needed them versus uh, the Raiders. Um, it's going to be probably about three, I'd say three to five weeks, yeah. you know, and hamstrings are different, man. That those are things where you can't rush. It's an injury where you can't rush it. Um, he's very quick twitch. You know, yeah. he has a lot of stop and start bursts. And when you have a guy like that, that's what Judy uses. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just, so, um, having a, the way that he plays his play style, uh, it's definitely going to need him about three to uh, five weeks to, for him to get fully healthy. Yeah. It, initial reports again. You know, it, it's a, it's been all over the place. I've seen three weeks. I've seen six weeks. Um, I, personally, I think it'll probably be in that three to four range, like you're saying. Um, uh, yeah, hamstrings, man, it, it, that's not a fun injury, uh, especially if it, it was on an end around play. So, you know, uh, he, he's coming he's coming around and, and he's having to weave through blockers and, and defenders. I mean that's that's a tough one and especially if it was a if it was one of those scenarios where he feels that pop i've been there that's mm -hmm. not fun that is a yeah. long recovery uh but hopefully the training staff can get him right week one is in question he's probably yeah. not going to play week one uh just to be safe so that means that the broncos will be rolling with a wide receiver room of Cortland sutton marquez calloway marvin mims little jordan humphrey and probably brandon johnson um unless they bring in someone else do you think that this that group of wide receivers that i just mentioned do you think that's good enough to beat the raiders in week one or do you think they might need to add some extra firepower yeah uh i think it is good enough to beat the raiders um i know the raiders i think they picked up peters uh yeah. their secondary hadn't always been the best so i think that's enough to beat the raiders but um, as we go along in the season, it's going to be very hard. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I and we don't know what Mims is going to give us yet. We haven't really seen. Yeah. Um, what Mims can do. Yeah. So I would say it'd be smart to go out there and try to make a trade or try to uh, pick up a vet, somebody that you know is going to be reliable. I said Jarvis Landry just because he plays the slot. Yeah. He can come in and 
get open, find some chemistry with Russell, and Russell will feel confident with him throwing them the football because he has sheer hands. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, you said, uh, what's the name, Smith? Yeah. Traquan Smith. And I was with him last year, Traquan. I was with him last year uh, with the Saints. So he's still a solid receiver. He's a guy that they um, counted on definitely uh, with the Saints. So uh, I wouldn't – matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he – he gets picked up pretty soon. I'm surprised he's still a free agent. Yeah, it, I mean that would be uh, th- that would be an interesting move for the Broncos to make. Traquan Smith, of course, has that experience in the Sean Payton system. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on as a trade candidate: Donovan Peoples Jones from uh, yeah. Cleveland. This is a guy now. Cleveland all of a sudden went from inquiring about Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, to now they have a plethora of wide receivers uh, with the emergence of. David Bell from Purdue, uh, the emergence of Austin Watkins, uh, and, and some of these other receivers that they've gotten via draft these last couple of years, they're pretty stacked. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is going into yeah. the last year of his contract. Uh, he's a guy that I I have loved watching this dude since Michigan. Like He's someone that's been one of my mm-hmm. favorite receivers to, to watch grow and develop in the NFL. And in an interesting scenario, the Broncos could trade a lower round pick you know, this is a guy that he's going to be gone after this season, anyways. Are you gonna Are you gonna pay him? Maybe there, there's potential there, uh-huh. but it, it just kind of depends on the price, um, what Cleveland's going to be asking for in return. But I think that that would be a solid way for them to build up a receiver room that's taken a few hits in these last couple of weeks. Uh, uh-huh. You also mentioned Jarvis Landry, another guy that has experience in that uh, in the Sean Payton system, playing the Z, playing the slot. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a great, great, uh, option that's still available. Julio Jones is also still yeah. out there. I know, I know it, it's Julio's older, but he's Julio plays like Cortland. So yeah. it'd be, yeah. it wouldn't be a, like a replacement for Judy. Yeah, no, know? It, not at all. And that's one of yeah. those, that's one of those scenarios where it's like, you bring in a guy because he's a vet, you bring in a guy, he's going to give you snaps. Um, but I, I think. Maybe a guy like Jarvis, maybe a guy like DPJ, maybe a guy like Traquan Smith is a better fit right now for uh, right. what the Broncos are dealing with with their injuries. Um, and, and of course, Jerry's injury happened during joint practices with the LA Rams. That game is tomorrow, Saturday, uh, against the Rams. And Chris, some of these notes from these joint practices have been mm-hmm. pretty, pretty enlightening. Pretty enlightening, I would say. So uh, one of them, Vance Joseph said that this pass rush group that he has now is one of the most talented groups that he's had uh, in the NFL. And that's saying a lot because he did have Von Miller. Uh, he had He's had quite a few good edge rushing groups. Do you agree with Vance yeah. that this is probably one of the most talented groups, even without Baron Browning and Frank Clark getting major time right now, that this is one of the most talented groups that he's ever had? Uh, it's, the, I got to go back and look at his track record. I know they had some major D lines in uh, Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he was with JJ mm-hmm. and them in Houston. Them boys was coming. Um, you know, of course, I think he had uh, Bond and Chubb and Shaq. Yeah. One, or maybe I think he I had. I, I don't know if he Bond and. I think he was in that mix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think he had those guys. So it definitely what they got now is not more talented than them. Yeah. But I would say they have a lot of depth. Um, they have a lot of guys that know. That's not our weak position. I, I, as I thought it would be, I thought it would be, yeah. it'd be a tough position. 
Um, Adam Frank Clark, um, I think that's going to be huge. And Randy Gregory, they, I think they, they've they kind of lit a fire under him that, yeah. you know, we're going to need you. And I think he's hungry now. So he's, he has something to prove. So uh, I, I like where we're at with our D, our D line right now. And, and from what we're seeing from the games, they're they're getting pressure. Yeah. So that's one good thing that we have on the defense. Yeah. And and you brought up Randy Gregory and yeah. and lighting that fire under him. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That uh, one of the notes that I saw from joint practices was that Randy Gregory was kind of being the uh, the extinguisher of some of these scuffles that yeah. was that was going on, and that's such a stark difference from this year and even last year when. We saw Randy, Randy Gregory getting into the mix, starting some of these scuffles uh-huh. at joint practices. And now he's being the veteran leader and, you know, pulling guys away, making sure that guys are good um, and, and keeping those fights to a minimum. That is great to see. That's great leadership. And that's the Vance Joseph, Sean Payton effect uh, in action. Another note from right. joint practice, Pat Sertan and Cooper Cup exchanging blows. I mean, this, Chris, this is the best cornerback in the league versus arguably the best wide receiver in the league uh do you think that this is a great thing for pat sertan to deal with in camp i mean he's he has to go against Cortland sutton and jerry judy every day but seeing a guy who's elite like cooper cup that could be super beneficial for him going into the regular season oh yeah being able to guard cooper uh you know he's a guy he's gonna get open yeah right you can't stop cooper cup from getting open all game because half his routes are option routes. Right. Right. So when you have a choice, when you have choices in your route based off how I guard you, uh, you have a high chance of getting open. Yeah. Right. So um, Cooper Cup, that's what makes him dangerous. I think it's great work for PS2 to be able to get some work against different type of receivers. Yeah. You know, when you play in the NFL, you're not going to see the same receiver every week. Everybody's different. Yeah. So it's good to kind of get a different sort, get a, get a different body out there, a different challenge. And this guy, you know, he's 100 catches, catches, he catches 100 balls every year. Yeah. So it's great to have a, a great competition versus him. And uh, I've seen, I've seen, I was looking at the notes, man. They said Cooper had a good day. Yeah. I, I'm definitely uh, in the team periods and things like yeah. that. But, you know, a lot of times in the team periods, PS2 is going to be on the outside. Cooper's working in the middle, yep. you know. So uh, you would see probably maybe guy, when you play a guy like Cooper Cup, you might have to put PS2 in the inside to be able to follow him. Yeah. So, it's, it's going to be a, it's good work. Have him follow. So it, that's, I mean, that's a great point that you brought up um, uh, about option routes. And as, as a receiver, we're always looking for the leverage, right? We're always looking for where we're getting uh-huh. leverage, pre-snap, post-snap, uh, linebacker leverage, stuff yeah. like that. For you as a corner, how, like if you're playing against a guy like Cooper cup and you know that a, a, a lot of his routes are going to be option routes. I feel like Devonte is kind of that same way where, you know, if the corner does, if the corner does this, then I do this. How do you as a cornerback play that same game on the adverse? Right. Oh, man, I would switch up my leverage. I would uh, show different leverages and then switch it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. I would Sometimes I would force them to go, hey, I'm about to force you to go inside. I know you're in the option. I'm going to force you and I'm going to just jump on your hip. Yeah. And I think that was something that uh, – it was my era. It was my generation when this stuff really came in the fold. Yeah. They wasn't doing no option routes like that with in the 90s and stuff, no. you know, with Rondé and those no. guys. That stuff happened when my era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When the West Welker started coming in. Yeah. You know, all these guys started running option routes. You know what I mean? That stuff happened in my era. So I feel like that I'm, I was the one that kind of was, was the – 
the staple of shutting that shutting that down. And um and that's my era of it. So now you see it even more and more, and you gotta kind of force these receivers where you want them to go. Right. Switch up your technique, switch up your leverage. Um, and then sometimes, you know, have coach throw you a little uh leverage calls where you can say, Hey, I'm just gonna play outside. I got this safety coming right here to come and pick this option right. right. So you just gotta switch it up, hoping the coaches can switch it up. Uh, but it's hard. It's, you know, it's a tough job when the court, a receiver has all that space to make a decision. Yeah, playing slot receivers is you not know? fair. Play, guys like Edelman and and Welker and uh, and and now guys like Cooper Cup who can play inside and outside and have that ability to Justin Jefferson, get JJ. Adams, all like, of them all play. They guys. all play inside, and, and that's yeah, that's Judy. what you should be. That's what it should be. Receivers yeah. need to stop. If you're a young receiver and you're listening to the show. Stop limiting yourself to being outside or just inside. Be all over yeah. the field. Um, last note here from joint practice between the Rams and the Broncos. Albert Okwebenam, the Broncos' fourth string running or fourth string tight end now. Uh, he was apparently balling out at at yeah. uh, practice against the Rams' defense. This is a good sign for Albert O. I feel like practice is just practice. We need to see him ball out in games. We need to see him shine in games where it actually matters. Mm -hmm. You can win reps all you want, but if you're not showing out in the games, what's the point? Do you think that, um, do you think that Alberto is going to be able to save his job uh, in this last preseason game against the Rams? If he was balling out in practice the way they said he was, Man, he's a, he's a he's a guy that has a freakish abilities, you know, freakish size, you know. So it's usually in the NFL when you have a guy with that much talent, you got to give him the four years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they give him longer than that yeah. because they're just so athletic and, you know, they have so much ta- like a Waller, you know. Yeah. He didn't catch on until later, but his talent, yeah. you know, his abilities kept him in the league, you know, that's where I see to where that. he can now be Waller. Yeah. So Albert O, we just hope that he just gets the more of an opportunity. I seen that the offense was kind of stalling, and the second team offense was the main ones putting points in. Yeah. So Albert O was a guy that was uh, killing the Rams defense, and hopefully he can go out there and do it in the game. Because uh, if I'm if I'm the Broncos, I'm definitely uh, taking a hard look at him to seeing if we can get him to that next role. Yeah. Because he is his athleticism is, you know, his body frame is a guy. It's put it's what you need in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and they, and there were notes from earlier practices and OTAs where you know Sean Payton was using him outside which I think is fantastic because that's the best way for you to get a mismatch right yeah Yeah, and and we're seeing it now even in the preseason I've seen multiple teams using these young tight ends that have these freakish athletic abilities Luke Musgraves Michael Mayer um, they're spreading them out wide and using them in that kind of that Gronk Darren Waller type of way um, because that's that's the mismatch. You have to play chess that way. And and Sean Payton's one yeah. of the best in the business at doing that. But it's you it's like you have a you have Greg Dolcich right there. Are you gonna use him and o- uh, Oak in the same package? Probably not, because you're gonna tip. But I, I think that there's right. there's a way for them to keep him and use him. You just gotta find the right way. But he has to be able to improve on special teams and in blocking for him to keep his job. So, Chris, that leads us into our next segment here where we're going to go over some of the Broncos candidates for cuts. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the trim day is coming. 
and it's coming fast. And after this third preseason game, yeah, they play tomorrow, right? Yep, so it's, it's gonna be, you know, it's, it's gonna be a rude awakening. That usually happens the next day. So you know, so we're we're gonna go over some of these uh, some of these candidates, and the first one is going to be Albert O. And and Chris, this is a, a strange one because this is a dude that has a ton of talent, who has a lot of value, who has a lot of potential, but just hasn't been able to put it together. Do you think that he really is a cut candidate, or do you think that this is maybe an opportunity for the Broncos to dangle him out for some trade bait? Um, if he's four string on the Broncos, he doesn't really have any trade bait, you know, because um, it's a production league. So if 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 you go and look at the stats and look at Denver, where's our offense ranking, right? And what have we ranked? Bottom. So they're not going to have a – there's not going to be a trade value for him because he hasn't produced really, yeah. you know, to be able to have a value. So I would say if I'm Broncos, I would uh, – he's definitely on the on the border. He's definitely a guy that um, – I don't think anybody separated himself in the tight end room. No. That's what makes it hard. Yeah. Nobody's really separated himself. This is really the first – this week has really been the first time I'm hearing tight ends really dominating yeah. in training camp. So uh, hopefully he can carry that momentum and have a good game this week. And be able to stay on the team. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if Alberto does get that production in this last preseason game. I know that he's fighting against uh, one of the rookie tight ends who's done a much better job with blocking uh, and, and has just helped the helped the offense a lot in the run game. And that's when we when you're talking about a Sean Payton offense, that's the key: is how good are you in the run game? What's your effort like yep. in blocking? Uh, and, and those are the things that he is looking for. Uh, another player talking about the run game. Tony Jones Jr. This is a guy who's been around the league. Yeah. He's been on a few teams now. Um, he had a big run in this last preseason game. But I, I think that he just hasn't done enough to really separate himself uh, for that running the RB3 position uh, behind Jaleel McLaughlin. I, I think him and Tyler Beatty, another dude, tons of talent, lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. would be awesome to see in the Sean Payton offense. Um but I just don't think that these guys are going to make the cut. What are, what's your thoughts on Tony Jones Jr. going into yeah. the last preseason? Yeah, I think yeah, I think he falls out of the numbering. Um, I think Denver already has their three. Yeah. You know, their main running backs, they got their fullback. Um, they might – if they keep five, you know, that would be a stretch. But yeah, that'd be a they stretch. could keep five just because we could our receivers are all hurt. Yeah. So you never know what those numbers could be. Or we could keep more tight ends, yeah. you know, and – kind of use Albert O as a slash tight end slash receiver. Yeah. So it just depends on how they want to use the numbers, but I think they already have their four backs of which they're going to use for the season, those main guys, and um, it's going to be hard to get over those three. Yeah, and, and I see little Jordan Humphrey being in that conversation as well um, from you know a couple sources, but I, I just don't see a way that you can cut little Jordan Humphrey when he's got value on special teams, he's been producing yeah. as a receiver in the preseason, but you can, he's such a big body too, that you can use him in, uh, in the run game as well as kind of that like wing or the sniffer, uh, type of blocker. Yeah. Like they, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin's touchdown against San Francisco, Kendall Hinton was the, the pole guy on that. And that's normally in Sean Payton's offense. That's normally little Jordan Humphrey because he's the bigger body yeah. and he can come through and hit that wham block, uh, to, to open up the hole. But I, I, I do think that, um, if they do keep four tight ends, they're probably only going to keep three running backs. So you've got Williams, you've got uh-huh. P Ryan, you've got McLaughlin and then Sherman, the fullback. 
Um, and then receiver is going to be the question. That's going to be the big one. Are they going to put Jerry on, right. on IR? Are they going to keep him off? Um, and, and that kind of leads me into Montreal Washington. As a wide receiver, his value has just plummeted. He was going crazy in camp, apparently. He was going absolutely stupid. Yeah. And then he's not really involved in the offense. He's not, you know, he returned, I think, one kick for like 28 yards or something like that, which is good to see. But we still need more. We still need that consistency. If you're going to be on this team, you have to contribute in more than just special teams. Do you see Montrell right. finding a spot on the 53-man yeah. roster? I think he has a chance just because right now they're so thin. Right. And um, this game will be a great game to be able to show that you don't need any um, outside receivers, you know, from other teams because well, cut days for the whole league, yeah. you know. It's going to be guys um, that – you know, that are going to get cut from all around the, all around the league. You got to have better yeah. film than them. Yeah. You're not competing just the Broncos players. You're competing with the whole league. Yeah. So that's the difference uh, when you're, when you're a guy on that border. So he has to go out there and prove that, you know, it's worth he's his tape and what he's done in the practice is, is worthy for him to uh, be able to, to be over the guys that's going to get cut um, in the next couple of days. Yeah. And, and I mean, speaking about guys around the league, I'm sure that the Broncos are going to be keeping their eyes on the defensive backs that are getting cut around the league. Uh, Chris, your phone's probably going to be ringing. So you need to, you need yeah, a lot of guys. <laughs> you need to, I've been getting ready, man. I'm ready. Hey, you're ready. Sure. Hey, you're ready to go. Yeah. But you need to keep your phone uh, yeah. handy because if, if Tremont Smith is cut from the Broncos, this is a guy that they brought in. They signed him to a two year deal, I believe. Um, and this was a guy who has experience as a cornerback in the league, has experience as a returner in the league has done neither of those successfully in the preseason with the Denver Broncos. I think that this is a guy that's probably more likely than not going to be cut from the team. Um, in Even with Riley Moss not playing at all in the preseason, I think he's still going to have that roster spot coming in to week one. Um, but do you think that them parting ways with a guy like Tremont Smith opens the door for maybe another opportunity, one of those cut guys from around the league, to come in because the Broncos secondary depth these last few games has been awful. Yeah. And Tremont Smith being a yeah. veteran in this league did not play well at all. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that I, I watch, you know, uh, I definitely feel like I can definitely come in and help. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, that's just my, that's just my mentality, you know, <laughs> uh, but um, seeing Bassey, he's, he's making yeah. plays. Uh, so they got, they got their pretty much, uh, I would say their top four DBs. Yeah you would say um, they're looking probably for that fifth guy who's going to be able to back up. If, if Sertan or Mathis goes down, who can come in and play that? Cause Bassey's not going to go outside no. and play corner. He's no. not. So you gotta have a, you gotta have another corner that can go out there and play backup of those guys in case they get hurt. And uh, I think that's, you know, with Smith and uh, what was the other guy? Fabian. Yeah. Fabian Monroe. Like, yeah. Monroe. Uh, we haven't really seen it from yeah. those guys. The backups really haven't played very well at all in the in the preseason. So um, that's something that we definitely have to uh, hope. I, hey, pray that those guys don't get injured because um, those are uh, we're really thin right now in the secondary for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with Riley Moss not getting any reps in the preseason, I'm not going into the regular season super confident about what he can do. If he played a couple games in the preseason and then. You know, he, they sit him out. Maybe I'd feel a little differently. But I think right now, it, you know, 
What injury? He had something uh, in his stomach. Core. What was it? Like yeah, a it was a core, core injury. injury. Yeah, and and I mean, how long has it been? It's been about three weeks. Yeah, he got it? surgery, and they said it was going to be four weeks, so he should be ready to go by week one. But I doubt he plays at all week one. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. maybe special teams, maybe a couple reps yeah. uh, outside, but it, I I wouldn't put him in in any situation. If they go up by a couple scores, they probably get him some reps just to get him more comfortable, but. I just don't see him having a super big impact in week one. I would really love to see them kind of see what's available after the cut market, see what vets are out there. See yeah. if there's any vets that have played in, in a Sean Payton or a, have played in a similar defensive scheme. You're one of those guys. Yeah. You played in a, yeah. in a similar defensive scheme. Keep your phone on. Yeah. If it rings, we'll still have the show. It'll just be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last the last cut candidate uh, I I didn't put this one on the list but kicker Will Lutz yeah. is apparently the, like the subject of rumors the Broncos are really interested if he's either cut or he becomes available via trade that's one to keep an eye on because if the Broncos can get a consistent kicker uh it, it like Will Lutz for this team that's going to be a game changer uh, it, the kickers this offseason have been sporadic. They've been inconsistent. It's time to bring in a consistent guy. The, the Saints have two now. That young kicker that they got is is wheeling and dealing. But uh, if Will Lutz becomes available, that's definitely going to be first on Sean Payton's to-do list going into week one. So, Chris, that brings us to the no-fly zone, the best part of this show. Yes, sir. Broncos were in a joint practice. We've talked before about joint practices. I want to know what was your toughest competition in a joint practice? Yeah, man, it, it, it was crazy because it always seemed like I always practiced against the 49ers. We always had them, you know, it was like those were like the Broncos friends. And then when I went to the Chargers, we were sitting there practicing against the Niners <laughs> again. So it was always fun going against Kyle Shanahan and going against his system and, yeah. um, um, getting some work versus Debo and um, uh, uh, what's that name? Ayuk. Yeah, is that Ayuk going against him? Um, just that was always great work. And um, you know, when anytime you face against Kyle Shanahan type offense, it's always going to be mental gymnastics because yeah. he's going to have he's going to make sure that your eyes got to be perfect. Yeah, right. You got to always have great focus and fundamentals when you play against a guy like him or he'll beat you, yeah. you know? So it was always great work. And he understood how we play our secondary coverages and things like that. So he would bring out the hardest routes for us in practice. So it was always hard going against the Niners in practice, but it was always great work. They always got you prepared for the season. Yeah, it, that's uh, that's definitely a nightmare for me, having to go against, uh, you know, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and then that offensive line that yeah. they had a couple years ago that's just – nastiness um you know we, we talked about alberto possibly getting traded uh a few of these guys are are on the block garrett bowles was another name that was mentioned as a possible trade candidate um especially when teron armstead went down for the dolphins do you was there ever a time in your broncos career where you're in the midst of training uh-huh. camp and you go man i i think i'm about to get traded uh, no, nah, n- never, never in Denver. Not, uh, I never thought I would be trading in training camp for sure. So, okay. uh, but a lot of these, you know, a lot of things happen, you know, with these guys, you know, in their last year, yeah. other deal, um, you know, you, you starting to see less trades really in training camp, other like big major trades, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
that's not really happening too much. You know, uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he gets traded, that would probably be, you know, one of the biggest trades that we've seen in a while. But, uh, but no, I haven't been in that situation. I would say it would probably be hard for a player yeah. because you're trying to go all in for a team. And then if you don't know if you're going to be there the next day, it's hard to be fully invested in that situation. Yeah. So uh, guys want to be fully invested and understand that the organization is invested in them and, and appreciates what they do on the field. So, uh, it, you know, uh, a guy like – that's probably what's going on with a guy like Taylor right yeah. now. He's been carrying the load yeah. for the Colts for the last couple of years. He's like, man, I deserve to be the highest-paid running back. So it's just things like that. And uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's hard to have a guys to be all in when, when they hear their trade rules. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I remember uh, – I remember a few years back in the midst of training camp uh, when Vaughn was in the last year of his deal and all the rumors and speculation, and then he didn't end up getting traded. And then he ended up getting traded in the middle of the season. Um, That was one of those situations where it's like, it, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And then of course this year with Cortland, with Jerry um, and that whole situation going on with, the the potential trades happening like i can only imagine the stress that 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 creates on a player especially in training camp when every rep matters that's such a hard yeah. mentality to carry is like it, am i going to be in a completely different city tomorrow uh, right so, uh last question here city of denver loves you chris you know that uh and i know you spent quite a few years in denver i gotta ask your favorite restaurant in denver and if you say elway's if you say no, 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 not always. Elway's is solid, but not always. Uh, we would go to this spot called um, Jing. It was a, sp- it was like in mid uh, Denver. Okay, I forgot the area, but it's like a new little area, new young spot out there, okay. and it's like an Asian cuisine. Ooh. They got the steaks, they have everything, man. It was like they had every food that you can think of there, and look up that Jing, man. Jing. That's a that's a nice little spot, man. That's it's a cool little vibe, you know. They got they dim the lights in one room, and then the other room is kind of like a a big restaurant. So you, it's like a two sided restaurant. So yeah. one side is like a bar slash, you know, that's where everybody's hanging out, you know, like the vibe room. And then you go to the other side, yeah. and we would just rent out. We would used to rent out the uh, back side of the restaurant and go there after games. You know, a lot of us on the team yeah. and. Used to have fun, man. So I would say Jane, man. That's the spot right there. All right. You heard it here first. I'll try that out. Chris Chris is giving out restaurant restaurants now. Next uh next episode, we'll ask him about his favorite ice cream shop in Denver because that's been a, a topic of controversy among Broncos Twitter as well. Uh Chris, that's gonna do it for our show. Uh Broncos mm-hmm. and Rams coming up this weekend, last preseason game until we get into week one. I cannot wait. Denver Broncos football is almost here. Make sure that you're following us yeah. on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. Make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And go check out the show with Terrell Davis, man. That show is probably yeah. one of my favorite shows. I've listened to it nonstop. I've gotten so much feedback from that. Please, please yeah. go listen to that one. In uh, Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.